The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host of this daily NFL podcast. It's Thursday, October 10th. It's the CBS Sports Daily Podcast, by the way, and it's Thursday, which means it's time for some fantasy chatter. The uh, at the resplendent Heath Cummings in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Heath, are you are you less bearded than usual, or am I am I am I? I uh I trimmed the beard this okay, morning. Okay. Um, I've got a couple bets that uh, I'm. I'm hoping come through for me in the next uh, next couple of weeks. Minshew bets. Um, like so it. I'm pretty excited about hopefully not having a beard next week. Oh, oh, you want to go full mustache? So you're hoping? I'm wait. just I just keep making these bets that if I win, they have to wear the Minshew, and if I lose, I get to wear the Minshew. That's the only okay. way my wife's gonna be okay with me wearing the Minshew. So it's a win-win in my. Book. It is a win-win <laughs> for sure. Uh, and joining us from his. Palisade in Atlanta. Brian McFadden, what's up, buddy? I don't, it, doesn't up, actually, it doesn't actually look like a Palisade. I don't know why I make that joke, but it looks like a very <laughs> nice place. Um, okay, so BMAC, we're going to get into this real quick. You, um, I, There's nothing I find worse in life. And this, I hope my wife can't hear this, but because like, obviously you have bigger regrets in life, but like, I really, <laughs> I really get eaten up inside when I make a bit, bad fantasy mistake. Um, I, I go back and look at draft results, and I kick myself in the butt all year long. Like I've been doing this in this one league where I took uh, George Kittle over Marlon Mack and now my running backs suck and I'm, I'm, I'm it's eating me alive every week. Uh B Mac, I believe you have a a, a lineup confession to make, perhaps uh, something, something that's yeah. been tearing at you. We're recording this on Wednesday at three o'clock and you seem genuinely bothered by this. I am. I am. Today. You know you know, the issue is when it comes to fantasy Granted, you have to do your research and do your homework and things like that, but you need to get a bit lucky. You know, you let's keep it real. Luck is definitely a huge priority in you being successful when it comes to fantasy lineups and players and who should start and who should not start. So Sunday morning, I wake up, of course, getting ready for, for Sunday football. I'm going through my lineups. I'm in multiple leagues. I'm in what? I'm in three leagues, right? So I'm going through all my leads, making sure everything is set in stone. I don't have any surprises. And as I'm watching television, I see Tyrell Williams is out. Now, I was extremely mad because on my bench, I had DK Metcalf, who played in the Thursday night game against the Rams. But there was no indications that Tyrell potentially could be out. So I kept Metcalf on the on on the bench, Metcalf gave me a solid what twenty plus points or something like that, basically oh, yeah. on that forty yard touchdown. So now I got twenty twenty points or so on the bench. So staring now I'm it's staring at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So worst case, I would have had no other choice but to insert him into my lineup if I'd known there was a like it was fifty fifty that Tyrell could play or could not play. Right. So now I'm scrambling. I'm looking to see who's on the streets. I'm looking. I'm looking. My quarterback in this particular league is Aaron Rodgers. So I thought about it. I said, well, Devontae Adams, they announced that he was out also. So I'm like, you know what? Geronimo's on the street. Sure. Geronimo has been a big fantasy disappointment so far this season. I, I really thought this guy would have a breakout-like year, similar to what he had last year before he went out. But then I'm looking also to see, to see who's on the streets. I see Will Fuller. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I look at the matchup. I say – Atlanta, their secondary has been bad. 
I mean, you look at every quarterback that has played against Atlanta. I mean, if Marcus Mariota can carve you up, you're playing some bad defense, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at Wolf Fuller, Geronimo. Oh, no. So you know what I said? I said, just looking at how bad the secondary is in Atlanta and knowing Atlanta, the one person they're going to try to take away is Hopkins. Yeah. So sure. guess what? Fuller's going to have one-on-one opportunities. So I go insert Fuller into my lineup. So then one of my homeboys who's also involved in fantasy, he calls me. We're talking, going over our lineup. I told him what I decided to do. Oh, he's no. like, oh, no, this gets ah. worse. He's like, yo, you th- you sure you want to do that, B Mac? I'm like, what you mean? He said, man, what about Geronimo? Because no, Devontae, I mean, he's he's instantly the number two guy as far as the pass catchers in Green Bay, and you got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. And I'm like, well, listen, Atlanta, they're bad. Atlanta is a must start team. Is a Having a player go against Atlanta defense, you have to start him. And I'm like, Atlanta, they're bad defense. He said, yeah, but, man, Geronimo's going to go off. He's going to go off. Guess what I do? Oh, no. I oh, remove no. Will Fuller out of my Stop life. This is, Allison, probably, listen, right? listen, this is 1257. This oh. is right before 1 o'clock kickoffs. Oh, no. I took Will Fuller out of my lineup, added Geronimo. Geronimo gave me 2.8 points. Guys, suffice to say, you lost by somewhere in the range of three points and fifty points, right? Listen, Will Fuller on the on the streets had almost fifty points. So this is my lineup in this league, guys: Aaron Rodgers, who basically gave me nine points; mm-hmm. Adam Thielen, who went off twenty six; Geronimo two; Chubb nine; Derrick Henry thirteen; Ingram four; Marlon Mack fourteen; Will Lutz seven. Tennessee defense, and in this league we have a defensive player. I had Devin Bush. So the player I played against, he ended up beating me 141 to 107. Oh, man. That's the difference between Will Fuller and Geronimo Allison. I actually think – go ahead. I, he, I think there are a couple, like, important lessons to come out of this, but I'm curious what you think about this situation. I can't decide whether to make the your team going Geronimo down the standings joke mm-hmm. or to say, how do you still remember this? Corners are supposed to have short memories. You're supposed to, like, you, 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 guys, no. you guys get burnt. You just forget yeah. about it. It's not the same. It's not the same. Now this is the this is the crazy part though. I was undefeated in that league, the oh. only undefeated team. I just suffered my first loss basically because I removed. And you know what's crazy? When I took them out twelve fifty seven, they literally scored their first touchdown with like three minutes or four minutes in the game, and All it right. was to it was to Wolf Fuller. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a bomb, Will. immediate bomb to Will Fuller. All right. So I got three lessons that okay. I think come from three like dead serious lessons that I think are good for people who play fantasy, like larger scale lessons that come from this. The first one, and I know, I mean, he, Heath and I have talked about this at DFS. You don't want to, don't, tinkering is a bad idea. Last second tinkering and I mean like, like you were smart to make the move on the Tyrell thing. Like that's what you got to do. Like you got to be smart about that. But like tinkering at like 1257 is where you get burnt and where you really regret things. Number two lesson I think comes out of this is always trust yourself. Now that doesn't just apply yes. to, doesn't just apply to professional, former professional football players who had a perfect insight into the idea that Atlanta's secondary sucked, especially once you get to Isaiah Oliver as the second cornerback and that Will Fuller was going to go nuts. But like if, if somebody out there is listening to this and they ask me, Heath, BMAC, Dave, Jamie, whoever for advice and you don't really like the advice, then go with what you think because you should be happy with your lineup when you make your choices. Uh, and then finally, the more important lesson, and this is not something that affected you, BMAC, but, um, like people ask me, like, ah, should I start Devontae Adams or, or Mike Evans? It's like, well, look, Devontae Adams is, you're not going to know about him until Monday night this week. Okay. So you got to start Mike Evans. Like if you think you, you need to look ahead and see if you have Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night guys and plan ahead accordingly, right, Heath? Yeah, that's all, that's all right. Those are, those are valuable lessons that you're giving. I was just going to give jokes. Um, that, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's all good stuff. And I'm just glad you were undefeated though, because like if you were, like if you were one and four now, that'd be. Well, really and I think, Will, you can speak to this. It's much better for an undefeated team to lose in week five than mm. it is to lose in the championship game on the precipice of a perfect season. Uh, yeah, actually, I think I even lost in the first round. Oh, to, uh, even better. Yeah. yeah. And, and remember, 
I lost my I had, I had an undefeated auction team and I, I got Patrick Mahomes for like a buck. I mean, it was ridiculous. And um, I lost in the first round of the playoffs. There were some shenanigans where our commissioner, Dave Richard, actually expanded the playoffs to include an extra team. And I lost in the first round. It was very shady. It was clearly designed to take me down. And I'm still bitter about it. Um, and now I don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what are you going to do with that uh, spot this week, B-Mac? Are you going to – Yes, I tried. Did, I tried did, you, drop, did you drop Will Fuller? I was. I dropped him, and I added Geronimo uh, Allison. So, no, of course, I tried to go to search the streets to see if Will Fuller was available, and no, someone paid top dollar to get him. Yes, of course he did. Uh, are you going to – let's see. The Bear – I mean, the Raiders will be on a bye. Packers yeah, so what, right right now, and I, and I need some help from you guys. Tyreek Hill was already in my lineup, but of course he's been on the bench because he's been injured. So I, I, I still have DK Metcalf on my bench, but I'm, I'm thinking Tyreek Hill should play, right? Uh, that's a question for Heath, I think, right I, now. I don't have an answer to that. I, I would, I would be probably like 55, 45 in favor of Tyreek Hill likely playing. They've sounded optimistic. He's got to get a full practice in first. I, I don't, I haven't seen a report on Wednesday, but if he gets, I, I think he will, but I, I wouldn't want to say, yep. like, if it was someone you have on Thursday versus Tyreek Hill, you're playing the Thursday person. Cause I know it's not a giant because none of their players are playing. So I would, I would actually say, and I don't know what the number, I'd have to look up what the numbers are for the Lions against slot receivers. That's really been the biggest disappointment for Geronimo Allison this year is that, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves slot guys. He was going to play predominantly in the slot. He was going to get peppered with targets and he hadn't stepped up. But I think if Geronimo Allison would be an interesting option for the Tyreek Hill owner to keep in your case, because he's playing Monday. So like if Tyreek Hill is inactive, you can simply just swap him out for Geronimo Allison. You don't have to worry about it. You'll, you'll be able to wait uh, as long as you, as long as you want for, uh, for, you know, for that, for that swap. Um, and the Chiefs are at one o'clock, so it's not like, you know, I mean, you, you don't have to wait. To, it's not a 425 situation that you have to worry about there. Um, I don't know who else is out there. Obviously, you're not playing. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem. I think, actually, I think I would play DK Metcalf if I were, uh, I would just play DK Metcalf or Tyreek Hill, I think would be my move. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, and I think, of course, as the week go, goes on and on, we'll get, no better insight if Tyreek Hill will play, right? By yeah. Friday, we should definitely have some big-time information if, if he's going to play. If he's not going to play, we will know by Friday. But then I think I think, I think think it's probably going to be a Sunday at 11.30 thing on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Uh, Heath, let me ask, speaking of Tyreek Hill, I asked uh, – I you were on the podcast, I believe, when Adam Azer decided to uh, sideswipe me. I I was not I I'm not on that podcast with you um but and no, I, no, no, you were, no 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 I meant on the one with um Jamie when Adam asked about were you on there or like are you the question I'm asking you are you concerned about the Chiefs offense at all as a Chiefs guy like I like I was wondering what your take was because like my inbox has been flooded with emails complaining about Will Brinson's appearance I, on the podcast I've, I've seen a few of them it's actually true right yes um uh, not not happy with you uh, Chiefs fans not in their feelings at all. I am not particularly concerned. No. Um, they've played without two starting offensive linemen and their top two wide receivers last week. I, that, and Patrick Mahomes was dinged up at the same time. I, I don't like assuming that Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins or some offensive linemen are coming back. The thing I can't understand is what happened? It wasn't the fumble. Like, Sean McCoy is a veteran. He's, Andy Reid loves him. It wasn't the fumble. They say he's not injured. So why in that game did Damian 1.8 yards per carry Williams get all of the carries? LaShawn McCoy got zero. Daryl Williams got zero. That's, the running game concerns me a little bit. Well, there, there was, so this was my argument with Azer. And it's not, I'm not saying that the Chiefs are going to suck. I'm not, I'm not suggesting the Chiefs will be bad. I merely pointed out that what the Colts did to the Chiefs in week five in Arrowhead on a primetime game was the same thing that we saw happen to the Chiefs last year against the Seahawks, Chargers, and Ravens late. A stretch of games where the Chiefs went one and two because it was physical teams running on them. And then I looked at the schedule. I said, all right, look, maybe the Texans aren't a great physical team, but they can get involved in a shootout. 
The Broncos can run the ball. The Packers can run the ball. The Vikings can run the ball. The Titans can run the ball. And the Chargers offensive line banged up like the Vikings. Those, th- their next six opponents are pretty tough defensive in terms of pass rush guys and run the ball. Like, I think there's a blueprint there for smart coaches to follow to minimize the damage that the Chiefs offense can do to you, or at least minimize the possessions they have to do damage to you. Yeah, I, the problem just is if Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins come back, then you're going to do a great job of controlling time of possession, but you're counting on scoring on 15 play drives and then watching the Chiefs score on four play drives. Sure. And that's, that's a, it's tough math because you can't make any mistakes on those 15 play drives. This is an intentional thing by the Chiefs defense. They don't want to get beat by the pass anymore. And so they're going to let you run it a little bit. And I think that's the smart thing to do defensively. It just, it does limit Patrick Mahomes a little bit. And that was sort of my point to Azer is that that like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not scared. The chief's offense is going to fall off a cliff, but ignoring what happened on Sunday night with the bad offensive line, the injured ankle, Sammy Watkins, notoriously unhealthy throughout his career, hidden on the field, Tyreek Hill battling an injury. That's been a little bit nebulous about the return time. I mean, Byron friggin' Pringle is the leading receiver. Did, did you, I, I just, did you say Adam was ignorant for calling the Chiefs the best offense in the league? I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I think. Who said that? Who said that? An emailer. No, no, no. I think I said Adam was ignorant for ignoring the signs on Sunday night. Like there are si- there are signs of concern with the Chiefs, in my opinion. I'm just going. I just searched my inbox for Will Brinson, and I'm just reading the uh, Will. Are Brinson there really that many? Emails. There's only a few of them. I, I mean, I could just read them out loud. Will reads mean emails. That that could be a segment. Let's do it. Oh, okay, I thought you were actually going to read them. All right, instead of that, how about we talk about Thursday night? BMAC, uh, what would you suggest the Giants do without Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, or Wayne Gallman as they take a rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, into Foxborough in a game that is supposed to feature heavy precipitation as well as 21 mile per hour's wind on a short rest against the greatest defensive coach in the history of football and perhaps one of the greatest home field advantages in the history of football <laughs> and perhaps the best defense that Bill Belichick has had in the past 10 years. Uh, I mean, what do you do? I don't, I don't, what uh, do you just run the ball? I mean, you just <laughs> name what three Three of well, three top pass or, catches in the offense, right? And Gallman, the would-be start running back. Well, yeah, yeah two, two running backs and three pass catchers. Yeah. yeah, you just run the ball. And I think, for me, when it comes to watching Daniel Jones, Giants fans, they feel extremely excited about the future, right? So far, I mean, I, I think he's done what he was supposed to do. I think he's actually exceeded expectations. Uh, just going back to, to that, his first start against Tampa. Right. Uh, and since then, he's really been playing pretty good football and he's doing a lot with less. There's not a lot surrounding him and he's going to be asked to do a lot with less Thursday night. I don't see that happening because he's playing against one of the best defenses and the best defense in the NFL, the best fantasy defense in the NFL. So if you have the New England Patriots defense, I mean, you should be licking your chops when it comes to the fantasy points they probably will provide. So just, I mean, Giants, let's keep it, let's keep it plain and simple. Uh, you don't want to put your young kid in, in harm's way. Uh, it's, it's almost impossible for you to expect that Daniel Jones will provide good numbers, fantasy and in the reality without his pat, top pass catchers. And for me, I'm a guy, I have Evan Ingram in two leagues, right? And even if Evan was healthy, I don't know if I actually would start him based on the defense he's playing against and the weather. So now knowing that he is injured, it's easy for me to remove him without having any second thoughts. Because even if he was healthy, you remove him out of your lineup. There's always that part of you that's going to have second thoughts. Wow, did I did I make the right decision? Now you have no other choice. So Heath, question for you. The only other tight end I have in one league. Well, I got Evan in two leagues. My backup in one league is TJ Hawkinson, who's kind of been missing since the first game, right? And then the other league, this guy hasn't showed up all year long, and that's O.J. Howard. What is going on with O.J. Howard? He finally caught a ball. Uh, too bad it was at the Rays game, unfortunately. <laughs> you guys saw that, right? Did you see that? Yes, yes. Uh, Pete Briscoe was very angry at him. He could have broken his hand. I mean, go if you're a professional football catcher, 
and you reach out your bare hand to grab a screaming baseball flying into the foul ball area, maybe don't do that. I've done, I've done that. It hurts like it, it hurts like, oh, like, like yeah, dude, it hurts one, if you catch it with a glove on in the middle. Like bru- the, bruised the for like a week. Um, yeah, that's that's not a good situation to be back. I mean, they, obviously the team that has Evan Ingram and T.J. Hawkinson, you're in a situation where you don't have a tight end this week because one of them's hurt and the other one's on a bye. Um, I would hope that Gerald Everett might be available. That's the only guy that you well, could add. That... No, well, Hawkinson is back. They, they oh, were no, on a bye. Not, not on a bye. He's hurt too. He's in the concussion protocol. Hawkinson is. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Well, the what? Good, I'm sorry. The good news with Hawkinson. What? The good news with Hawkinson is that there's no good news. Heath, I mean, Will, what are you talking about? Well, his it's not a shoulder injury; it's just a concussion. That's the <laughs> good news, which means he what? could be cleared to play on Monday, but you won't know until Monday is the problem. <laughs> what? No, he, we there, there's news. a chance that by Friday he could be out of the protocol. He is sure. ba- he is okay. back at practice, but still in the All protocol. Right. Um, I, so let's do this. I, okay, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I would not. Ahead. I would not drop T.J. Hawkinson yet. What? I wouldn't. Hold on. Well, you're gonna have to drop okay. someone. I'm, I'm okay. So I got. I'm a. I have no other choice but to go with O.J. Howard because that he's league, already on my yeah, bench. Yeah, so yeah. I just hopefully he catches a pass that's not a baseball. Right. But in the other league with T.J., you saying don't drop him just yet. Now looking at the tight ends that are available in in this league, Jared Cook. Chris Herndon, Vernon Davis, Vince McDonald, Tyler Eifert, Hayden Hurst, Jeff Swam, Dallas uh, uh, Goddard. I mean, there are not a lot of sexy names, right? I mean, Cook probably would be the best option, wouldn't you say? I, I like the way you said it started off as a declaration that he would be the best option and just you added a question mark in your voice. And I, I would like, like to, I, do, I am Ron Burgundy. I Jared would like Cook. to do the same thing with all of the tight ends after about the top seven this week. Uh, Vance McDonald would be my favorite option there with no James Washington on maybe a few more targets for the tight ends, but I would not make no him, J- Samuels either. No Jalen Samuels either. So they were down another tight end. Um, I would. <laughs> Will, Will didn't even laugh when I called him a tight end that time. Oh, yeah, sorry, um, sorry. I didn't even get, get it, yeah. It, uh, it, I would wait until Friday because, yeah. like, if, so maybe somebody goes and picks up Vance McDonald. You didn't miss anything. Then you can go get Jared Cook. These guys are all the same. It's They're going to have 30 or 40 yards, and you hope they score a touchdown. Maybe Hawk will get cleared by Friday. You know, the oh. um, the other the other option would be, and I don't love this option, but just throwing it out there, with as dinged up as the Eagles receivers are, um, and all the coverage that will probably be shifted to Zach Ertz by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they're actually, the, the Vikings are like top half of the league in terms of fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Goddard, Goddard could be a guy where you like, you're just hoping he catches a touchdown. I mean, <laughs> I mean but that's, that's where you are with any of these guys, right? You just uh, no question. Because the Jaguars are bottom, uh, bottom, yeah, they're, they're right, they're fairly close to the Vikings, but a little bit lower in terms of points allowed to tight ends. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, it's looking at these tight ends. It's, it feels like I just went to the store and they had a clearance sale all week and I just got there on Friday and pretty much everything is gone. Um, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. That's how I feel. Accurate. We, uh, let's see. I'm trying to find, um, oh, yo, uh, let me ask you this. What do you think about, uh, Le'Veon Bell now that Sam Darnold's back? Is he moving up or down for you, B-Man? I, or uh, in B-Max rankings. I want B-Max rankings. He's the same, he's the same place for me. Okay. And the reason why their offense, their, their offense is so bad. That's a bad, that's a bad offense. Even with Sam Darnold, I mean, they're the same offense with or without Sam Darnold, in my opinion. I mean, they might be better, they're a little better, but what, what did we see from Sam before he was out with his injury that makes us believe the players around him can provide fantasy points? I'm not saying do not start Le'Veon Bell. I'm not saying that. Because he's still a, he's still he's still a baller. Who do they they have? Who this week they have? They I'm like blanking on who teams are playing Dallas. this week. They're Dallas, yes, Dallas. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a tough <laughs> matchup. That's, that's a tough matchup. I mean, you you he's a must start regardless. Le'Veon Bell is, but just having Sam Darnold back, uh, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't change my thought about Le'Veon. I I am glad to hear someone else say this. Wow. I have heard a lot of real optimism about the Jets passing game because Sam Darnold 
is coming back. Sammy Spleen. And I don't get it. Like, he had a couple of good games, but Adam Gase is still running this offense. This is one of my favorite Jets-related stats. And it's um, it's partially based on a small sample size. I will <laughs> readily admit that. But Luke Falk has the second lowest completed air yards this season. Minimum 40 attempts. That's not good. The lowest was Sam, Sam Darnold. That's Adam Gase's offense. Here's I got a I got a stat for you, Heath. Here's a or maybe even fun fact. Here are Adam Gase's rankings since 2015 of the offense in terms of yards per game as an OC or a head coach with the Dolphin with the Bears, Miami, and the Jets. 21, 24, 25, 31, 32. Uh, Adam Gase got those jobs because these are the rankings from 2013 to 2014 with the Broncos. One, four. Do you know what the difference is between all those other teams and the Denver Broncos in 2013 and 2014? Anyone want to take a guess? Maybe, uh, I don't know, Peyton Manning? <laughs> that was the guess I assume you were going to have as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we were, I mean, we were right. Just, I like, uh, I, I think Adam Gase, like, I know a lot of smart football people who like Adam Gase. And he's done a lot of, he's had a lot of success, but he hasn't had a good offense without Peyton Manning. That's a concern. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it's not just a concern. Oh, it's just bad. When you say he had a lot of success, you mean as a, as a as non-head coach. Yeah. As Denver's OC. Yeah. As a coordinator. He's, he's not, he's I, not I, had success as a head coach. Yeah. yeah. I had to, I like, oh, this really like he as went, a coordinator. He went, he went to the playoffs with, with Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore. So I mean, I guess, yeah, give him something, I guess. <laughs> what do you want to give him? <laughs> I don't have cookie. I don't know. Uh, I'll give him. I'll, I don't, I'll give him free access to our Pick Six Podcast Facebook group. Which, by the way, private group. Uh, every week, I will go in there before, on on Sunday and answer questions. And we're setting up other live chats with uh, Breach, Sean, various people. Uh, I'm going to try and get in there on Tuesday too to handle waiver stuff as well. Uh, just got a little hectic this week. But we have some Facebook group questions that we will read on here. So if you if you leave a question in that group, go to Facebook.com, search Pick 6 Podcast, join. It'll be a private. You, you'll, you'll request. Debo will approve or deny you. It's like the um, the gladiator thing, you know, where it's like thumb, thumb up or thumb down. Each individual, he weighs and then decides to approve them. Um, and you can ask questions and we'll answer them. And we'll answer some here right now. This is from Tyler Klein. Cortland Sutton or... Calvin Ridley, rest of season. Thanks. I listen every day from Thailand. Heath, what you think? Um, this is going to surprise some people, but I'm going with Cortland Sutton. He, wow. He looks like the number one wide receiver in Denver. Ten more targets than Emmanuel Sanders over the last three games. Ooh. And he's playing like he deserves it. Atlanta is doing some weird things right now with the way they're distributing the football. Matt Ryan's on pace for 700 pass attempts, and nobody's getting enough targets. Because he's just spreading it around. Austin Hooper is, but that's it. So yeah, I'll go Sutton. Uh, who do you think, Bmax, Cortland Sutton or uh, Calvin Ridley? <sighs> well, I, I got to disagree with my guy Heath, and here's why. When I look at wide receivers who are not household name type guys, I look at the defense they're playing against. And Tennessee, oddly enough, they've been playing some pretty good defense, yep. and I think the pass rush could really give Flacco some issues. And one thing about Atlanta, I know they're a very, they're a very, very bad team, but they have a bad defense, and that puts more pressure on Matt Ryan to do what? Throw the football. And what teams are doing now, they're doubling Julio, which is no surprise. They're also devoting a little more attention to Calvin Ridley. That's why we're not seeing the numbers we've, we've seen, we, we saw from him a year ago. And Hooper has really benefited from that. But if you're talking about the matchup, Arizona, that defense is bad as well. And I think knowing Atlanta, the sense of urgency, they can't afford to lose another game. They're already a bottom dweller. Matt Ryan will have to win this ball game for the Falcons because I don't think the Falcons defense can stop anybody, let alone Kyler Murray. So they're going to, it's going to, I have Matt Ryan in one of my other leagues. Matt Ryan has been one of the more excited fan, exciting fantasy quarterbacks to watch because they're always losing but he somehow gives me at least 18 to 20 points just from catch up trying to play catch up 
Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll roll the dice with Ridley because I think they're not going to allow Julio to have an impact like he did the first two or three weeks of the season. And, and with that being said, someone will have to catch those 40, 40 to 45 attempts from <laughs> Matt Ryan. Uh, well, to follow up on that uh, from Orr Brack, uh, what do you do? Uh, this is again on the Facebook group. What do you do with Matt Ryan and Julio? Do you sell before it's too late? I think you buy, if anything, with these guys. First. Yeah, I'm, I'm not selling anything with Julio names attached to it. What do you say, Heath? Yeah, I don't know what I don't. I, I'm a little nervous. This person's not like from Atlanta or anything. I don't know what the before it's too late means. Yeah, like before, like yeah. If you're gonna sell, like if you're selling Julio, you need to wait until he blows. I think I think this person is concerned that this continued downtrend is gonna. But he said Matt Ryan and Julio, right? Yeah. Because Matt Ryan's been awesome in fantasy. Yeah, Matt Ryan has been in um four point passing leagues, the sixth quarterback, at least in, in one yeah, that I'm in. I mean, he's he's right there in terms of the top guys. So don't sell. I would I would buy. Julio is going to blow up at some point soon. Like they are they're not gonna give him that contract and then have this team not Julio is gonna have one of those three hundred yard games. So I would be buying Julio. I will probably be playing Julio in daily fantasy this week as we take advantage of the final week of Patrick Peterson suspension. Your boy, Emac, when he comes back. Uh, last one, not, this is from Rodrigo Munez, Munez, uh, non PPR, Dalvin Cook at Philly, Chris Carson at, this is a lot of choices. All right. He's got, he needs two running backs, two wide receivers and one flex. Have no idea what to do. Scared, sad emoji. Um, his running backs are Dalvin Cook. It's a must start. You start Dalvin Cook every week. So let's pencil him in. And Chris, so it's basically Chris Carmen, Chris Carson or Tevin Coleman at running. Ooh. Start Carson. I, Heath, what you think? Carson. Yeah. Carson. I'm with, uh, yeah. I'm uh, like, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Carson. I think that's the choice. Uh, and then at wide receiver and then the flex and bear in mind, Coleman is still an option for the flex, but I don't think we'll use him based on these wideouts. Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Scary Terry, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. So you basically have to pick three of those wide receivers, unless you like Tevin Coleman better than two of them. Well, well, you talked about Devontae not knowing his status until late Monday, so just better safe than sorry. I will go Godwin, Cup, and who were the other? What was the other Diggs name? Or uh, Terry McLaurin. And who, who was before Terry? I, you went out. D- uh, Stephon Diggs or Terry McLaurin? I go Terry. Uh, I, well, you know what? Minnesota they have Minnesota has Philly. I, I think I'll ride with Diggs. I think, you know, you know, he's a bit disgruntled and we saw how they rewarded Adam Thielen last week. So I'll go Diggs, Cup, and Godwin. Ooh, what do you say? What say you, Heath? You said this was non-PPR, right? Non-PPR. Correct. I'm going Tevin Coleman. Oh, right. The Rams. All right. There you go. Yeah. So you can go Tevin Coleman as a flex instead of Diggs. Oh, we if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. There was, I, I, yeah, I like that. a lot also. of options. It's, it's not terrible. I actually agree with you to be back. I like Diggs this week as the squeaky wheel. The, the Vikings ran a lot more play action against the Giants. It worked. That's how you're going to beat Philly. They're susceptible in the secondary. If you try to run at that Philly front, it's not going to work. I think Dalvin Cook can still have a nice game, but this is the time to get Stefan Diggs involved in the play action. And then you, you know, get a win in Minnesota at home. You blow up on offense. Everybody's happy. No more complaining. No more squeaky wheels. Just get to four and two. And my Super Bowl bet can be alive. That's all I want. Not that yeah. Um, all right. We're going to take a break and be back. You get to, uh, peace out. And then, uh, Heath and I will come back and do, uh, a little DFS. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? Hey, man. Listen, hopefully by this weekend, I get another big time victory. So I can forget about the mishap that I did this past Sunday with Will Fuller. And hopefully Will Fuller has a dud as far as this weekend because I couldn't even pick him up to put him in my lineup, guys. And O.J. Howard, I'm praying for you, man. Just catch. Can you give me three receptions, four receptions for a touchdown and 60 yards? I would definitely jump for joy. (laughs) Awesome stuff. All right, B-Mac. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Thank you. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. 
With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, DFS time. Heath, uh, did we, did we, have we talked about my, I mentioned on like another podcast, so I don't want to be like the guy who keeps mentioning his own teams because I know that people hate that. Uh, but I got, I scored 233 points in DFS this weekend and I didn't win very much money. I'm pretty upset about it. Uh, yeah, that's the thing that people get irritated by sometimes is there's not some set mark that means you had a good week. It's all relative to what everyone else did. I had, uh, a, a similar lineup out of the, the dozens that I played that I was very excited about at one point during the day. Um, I had a Texan stack with Dalvin. And McCaffrey, and um, it, everything. The Eagles defense, like just, you had, oh really? Just almost everything. Um, I played Jordan Aikens as the Texans tight end, and Fells scored two touchdowns. Oh, that is a stinger. It was close. Um, you, had Will, close. you had Will Fuller, I assume yes. you mean in the Texas stack. Yeah, right. No, no Hopkins. It was uh, it was uh, Watson, Fuller, Aikens. If Ben Watts, Watkins, Fuller, Fells. Who knows? I might not be here. I had, I had a um, Cousins Thielen stack with McCaffrey, uh, Will Fuller, Auden Tate, Allen Robinson. So like it's so just putting up points. But then I had the Buccaneers defense, one point, and uh, Zeke Elliott instead of Aaron Jones in the afternoon slate. It, it is it's just remarkable how like one decision because like the Buccaneers defense and the Eagles defense, I mean they probably weren't the same. But, like I could have easily gotten to the Eagles. It's just it's a remarkable how that swings like yeah. literally at several thousand dollars. Uh, it was also, I don't know if there was a, yeah, I mean like you just can't get upset. Like you gotta, you gotta hit the nuts, I guess, if you want to want to win a bunch of money. Um, did you tell people to play Teddy Bridgewater last week or am I misremembering that? No, I did not. I should, okay. I should he was the, he was the quarterback on the millionaire making winning, millionaire maker winning lineup. Yep. <laughs> Who would have seen that coming? Um, Actually, my boy, uh, Gup, uh, Brandon Guptill actually, uh, said to play Terry, Teddy Bridgewater as like a sleeper. So shout out to him for, for that call. Uh, let's get some sleepers from Heath. Lamar Jackson. That's not a sleeper. Top four, not, not a sleeper. <laughs> top quarterback play, though. Top quarterback play. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going right back to Lamar. Uh, I don't see in this particular scoring format much difference between him and Mahomes this week. And he's a thousand dollars cheaper on FanDuel. Uh, it was a disappointing performance on Sunday. That will drive some people away a little bit, I'm afraid. But two of those three interceptions weren't his fault. One was Nick Boyle's fault. One was the referee's fault. He's going to be perfectly fine. Fantastic matchup against the Bengals. He'll be the quarterback I play the most in cash. Wow. Okay. So do you, um, do you anticipate that this is, so this is, it's not a contrarian play, but it's a nice zig back while people are, cause people are, there, people are diving off the Lamar Jackson bandwagon and the people who spent the offseason crowing about how bad Lamar Jackson is and then had to shut up for the first two weeks of the season are sort of climbing back and, and, and enjoying a little moment in the sun, don't you think? They're going to shut up again. That's what I think. Okay. They're going to shut up again after this week. And no, it's not contrarian at all. Not even kind of, but. Okay. You, th- you think he'll be heavily owned again? He'll be one of the top five quarterbacks in terms of ownership. Okay. I assume Watson Mahomes will be at the top. See, I think Mahomes is in that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they have to be in that, in that game. Um, your sleeper, one mustachio gentleman, a folk hero of sorts, if you will. Yeah. It's like, and this was the, the lead of, of my quarterback preview this week was like, he's fun and he's great, but it's also time to look at him and say, he's good. He is good. He's averaged 7.8 yards per attempt, completed two-thirds of his passes, and he's fifth in quarterback rushing this year. And he's not played a very easy schedule. In fact, the Saints team he's playing is giving up more points to quarterbacks than any defense he's played so far. 
So yeah, really? I'm going to. He will be a little bit contrarian. Gardner Minshew is who we're talking about. Gardner Minshew. We we have to we have to be careful. We say his name too many times. I'll I'll start like breaking out in like the the hot like I'll get like uh the hot flashes. Um, people think I'm obsessed with Gardner Minshew. I'm not. I don't really think I'm that upset. I, I think he's awesome, but um. I, I embrace it. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to shave it, my beard into a mustache at some point in the next three weeks. How's your wife going to respond to this? Poorly. She hates my mustache. Yeah, she hates it. She is disgusted with. I, I, I have a. I mean, like, I'm not. This sounds like a stupid humble brag, but like, I've got a. I've got a pretty good mustache when I when I go to a mustache. Yeah. Just the, you know, I my think dad, I have a great one. Yeah. I'm sure you. Yeah, you look like you. I mean, like you can see it. Like I mean, and my wife won't let me keep it for more than two days. Oh, I yeah, I, I rarely get that far. Um, it's usually an afternoon. It's a, it's a she, wonderful afternoon, but uh, yeah. then it has to and disappear. She, um, she thought, I think she briefly thought that like November was a shell corporation I formed in order to like, in order to get 30 days of the mustache. Um, on the Saints, worth noting, the Saints at DVOA actually are, are 20th in defense, which is kind of weird. They seem like they should be better than that. Uh, 20th against the pass though. So, uh, I think there is an opportunity for, Maybe to to go against public sentiment and roll with Minshew. If you were stacking Minshew with a wide receiver, would you do uh, DJ Chark do 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 do, or would you do DD uh, Westbrook? Do 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 do. DD uh, will be much more contrarian, and I hate you for always bringing that song up. Um, that's okay. But yeah, I, I would like it'll be. Int- I'm really interested to see if the Saints shadow Chark this week because, like, we see three or four games like that and start getting excited about a wide receiver. I feel like the NFL is a little bit slower to react, probably wisely in most situations. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get the shadow treatment. And if he doesn't, he's going to have a monster game. Yeah, and I don't know if DJ Chark is the type of receiver that Marshawn Latimer, maybe he is the type. Yeah, I guess he's big enough that Marshawn Latimer can shadow him. And yeah, We'll see. Um, maybe the Saints don't do it. We'll see what uh, old... Um, I can't remember anybody's name today. Well, maybe I'm, I might be having dementia. What's the Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator for the uh, Saints, does um, running backs? Womp, womp, no Christian McCaffrey. He's playing at nine thirty in the morning. You can't use him, everybody. It's a shame. It, it's a real it's, shame. I mean, it was. It's sad because I had to do some extra work this week and change that section of the article, and it was nice when I could just leave it the same. Uh, yeah, that was an extra five minutes of my life because of the London game. <laughs> But, so you just went to Christian McCaffrey light with Alvin Kamara, right? Yeah. Again, this Jacksonville defense, shockingly, the only defense in the NFL giving up 5.5 yards per carry or more. They have been wow. the worst on a per carry basis, and I don't think that's going to improve. Kamara is averaging more than 20 touches per game in games started by Teddy Bridgewater. And he's had a little bit of a slump in terms of touchdowns here recently, not scoring at the rate you would expect. So I, I anticipate Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook may have higher ownership. I am, mm-hmm. that's not to say Kamara is going to be contrarian, but he may not be the highest owned running back this week. But if he goes, I mean, like McCaffrey just went off against the Jaguars defense. They're 32nd against the run and bad DVOA, as you point out. And, um, I would think that the Saints can get up and Jalen Ramsey coming back doesn't hurt Alvin Kamara, right? Like, right. And I'm not so sure that, like, I almost feel like Jalen Ramsey just needed to go to practice for a couple of days to show him that he's trying to play. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure that he's going to play this week. I actually kind of like that idea. This line's a little stinky, though. Like the, this, why are the Jaguars favored by one? And it's it's moving in that direction, right? I know it's weird. It makes no sense. The Saints, but do you know, do you know the last time the Saints failed to cover an October game? I said this on the podcast like seven times, so I'll just tell you it was uh, October 11, 2015. That's nuts. They're due to not cover. Yeah, I get the English <laughs> fallacy, right? Uh, contrary. Oh, wow. Contrarian running back play. I would not have guessed this if you gave me a hundred guesses. Philip Lindsay. Why would you have not guessed it? Um, he's just been so far off the radar this year, just in general. I feel like I don't own any Philip Lindsay. I'm on the Bronco. I like the Broncos, but I, just, I don't know. It hadn't blown me away. Yeah, it it's strange because he's in a committee, and mm-hmm. it's like almost an even split committee, but also he only has one game with fewer than 15 touches this year. Mm-hmm. there's just a lot of touches available to Denver running backs because they're throwing it to them a lot more. And in PPR, he's the number 12 running back in fantasy so far this year. But I think you're... Yes. I think you're... Really? <laughs> he has scored more PPR fantasy points than Chris Carson. 
I would not have guessed that. I there's a zero percent. I don't. I think if you ask the average, you should put that as a poll. Who has more fantasy points this year, Chris Carson or Philip Lindsay? Like I feel like every this could be like seventy five percent Chris Carson, even though there's a factual answer that people could look up. But your initial response to Philip Lindsay is why he's my favorite contrarian player. Because I think I, you're right. No one's recognizing that, and they are really throwing the ball to him quite a bit. He's got 17 catches already. Um, he's the only guy that gets carries inside the five-yard line for this offense. I, I don't know why. You would think it would be Royce Freeman, but it's not. And uh, Denver, by the way, 14th in rush offense DVOA. They're actually an above-average running team. I, 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 People don't want to hear this crap about the Broncos. There could be three and two, and they could be coming on kind of strong with a chance to beat the Titans this week and be four and two. If the Chiefs lose, who knows? You know, maybe Chiefs lose the Texans, they'd be tied for first place in the division. I'm not a crazy person talking myself into that scenario. You're a crazy person talking yourself into that scenario. Wide receivers, Larry Fitz and Tyler Boyd. I love the Tyler Boyd call, but I will, I would guess based on the slot numbers that he's going to be heavily owned, like the slot percentages, uh, by, given up by the Ravens. I would assume he's like the, the initial projections I show, show seven or eight receivers owned higher than him, but he's still at 11%. Um, okay. But the, those are just guesses, and they'll be much more accurate. I'll, I'll put out an article on Sunday morning with some more information. But listen, he's just hugely targeted in almost every game. I think double-digit targets in all but one of his games, now facing a Ravens defense that has not been able to guard anyone, but especially the slot receivers. They've not done too bad against the number one outside guys on occasion. Uh, Marlon Humphrey is the one defensive back they have that's playing well. But, yeah, I would expect he's going to be chalk. Larry probably won't be, but I still think should be. And, and I just can't get away from him. It's a high-volume offense against a terrible defense in the Atlanta Falcons. And both teams should be going up and down. I've made this argument, though, like three weeks in a row with Larry Fitzgerald, it feels like. And it hasn't paid off as of late. So, But he's down to 5600 on FanDuel. Like he's priced that's like- dirty. Price like a number three receiver. You know what I missed on last week? And I think um, sometimes this is kind of important to think about in DFS. Michael Thomas is 6600 bucks on DraftKings, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, at a certain point, you just have to say, that's too low for a superstar wide receiver. Yeah. Like, and just and just pay the price to get, and like, make sure you get some of that in your life. Because he went up back up to like 8000 this week or something, uh, something crazy like that. So it's just like, make sure you get... Some of him, some exposure to him. Your top contrarian wide receiver guy we already mentioned, Mr. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm going to play a lot of Broncos this week, which doesn't seem good against a defense like the Titans. The Titans are such. Oh. Hey, Keith, welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. They, Broncos. They are a weird defense mm-hmm. because they they all they give up plenty of yards. They're just have been good about keeping teams out of the end zone for two years in a row. But I view Sutton like a number one wide receiver. Uh, we talked about it earlier. He's he's just dominating targets the last three weeks and playing like he deserves them. He's catching 68.4% of his passes and averaging 10.6 yards per target. He's, I, a, he's a different I, guy. I didn't like him coming into the year based on what he did last year. He had one route. It was run down the sideline, and he couldn't catch hardly any. I mean, he didn't get a lot of accurate throws, but even when they hit him in the hands, it seemed like he was dropping more than he was catching. So he, he's made great strides in his second year. He has been just a really good wide receiver. Yeah. I was wrong. I, I was just wrong on him. All right. I was right on the Broncos, I guess. Whatever. Whatever. Um, this Broncos thing really has me twisted. Top tight end play. No surprise. The one, the only, the surprisingly disappointing Travis Kelsey. It's hilarious because he is surprisingly disappointing. He is also on pace for 90 catches and 1400 yards. Is it? Is, it, is that right? <laughs> I'm, is, that, is that right? <laughs> Doesn't feel like he's done anything. He has no. He has one touchdown. He has one touchdown. Oh man! Let's see. Hold on. Let's look at. Uh, let's look at that quarterback. What's his name for the Chiefs? Uh, uh, Froggy McFrogerson. Uh, let's see. Patrick Mahomes. Mm, last two games, one touchdown. Hmm. hmm. Playing the Texans. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he's still averaging almost ninety yards per game. He is going to be fine. There is nothing to be concerned about. I just hope that maybe people play someone else. But, no, he's going to be my cash tight end this week, um, regardless there's, of what side. There's some touchdown out. regression coming for Travis Kelsey. And Patrick Mahomes both. Well, now, you can argue which direction Mahomes is going because he's just constantly moving. But well, He's down to 44. Average. He's on pace for 44 this year. So, pathetic effort by Travis right. uh, by Patrick Mahomes. 
Uh, and then your top contrarian play at tight end. Interesting that Mark Andrews has now fallen into the realm of contrarian, whereas I, he was super duper chalky three weeks into the season. And that's a little bit of a guess, but okay. I, I would anticipate more people are going to play Travis Kelsey for sure. More people are going to play George Kittle after his recent bounce back performance. More people are going to play Austin Hooper because he's playing the free space Cardinals. <laughs> um, so at the highest, I, could, I would think more people would play Ertz too. We'll find out. But yeah, I, I do like Andrews to bounce back. I, the whole Baltimore offense should. Uh, you know what? Mark Andrews probably wasn't going to average eight catches, uh, 110 yards and a touchdown for the entire season like he did the first two weeks of the year. His, is his catch percentage concerning to you? He was, you know, catching over 90% of his balls the first two weeks, uh, now down to 54.5 over the last three weeks, uh, an average of 7.3 targets, four catches, just 30 yards a game, and one touchdown over that entire span. I wouldn't say concerned is the right word. I didn't think he was going to catch 90% of his passes. Um, <laughs> the, he is targeted downfield more than most tight ends, so his catch rate will be a little lower, but he's at 72% for the year. That, that's fine. Trying to find the where uh, the Bengals are actually don't give up that many points to tight ends surprisingly because they're a bad football team. Oh, they're bad at pretty much everything except for maybe that. I wonder is that I wonder if that's something related to they played uh, Seahawks in Week One. Disney hadn't emerged. 49ers, Bills don't have a tight end. Steelers were blowing them out. And didn't need to throw McDonald was out that game, and the Cardinals don't have a tight end. Maybe they just haven't played a. What happened to that 49ers game with Kittle? Did he not have a big game against them? Why am I not remembering that? I don't have any recollection of it at all. Oh, three catches for 54 yards, but they beat him 41 to 17. So the Bengals just haven't played anybody that needed to score with them and had a tight end. Yeah. I like this, I like this contrarian play a lot. I, I hope that it turns out to be contrarian. We'll have better information on that later in the week, but regardless, I like him this week. Okay. It's a stack with, uh, Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Andrews. Reminder, you can join the Pick 6 podcast group. Oh, wait, I forgot to ask Heath. Any good beer this week, Heath? I don't think I had any new beer this week. Oh, I don't think I did either. Kind of disappointing. You know what I did have, though, that was really good? Um, I was at the ABC store here in North Carolina, and there was uh, a bunch of Eagle Rare, which I you know, am quite fond of. Cheap. It's a very low-cost, high-end bourbon. Uh, and I noticed that there was a... Uh, uh, peg leg porker bourbon from uh, Tennessee, and uh, I got a I got a fifth of that. And it's very good. It's like a like a, a nicer George Dickel, you know. Peg leg porker. Peg leg porker. It's got a a pig with a peg, a fat pig with a peg leg on the on the bottle. But it's like a like a, a little more boutiquey Tennessee whiskey. I don't know how you feel about Tennessee versus Kentucky uh, whiskeys, or whether you really give a crap and just like whiskey. I I don't have a strong opinion on Tennessee versus Kentucky. Have you tried Colorado whiskey? I have not. It's actually pretty good. Campfire is a very good. Uh, I, I drink a lot more uh, bourbon than whiskey, so I guess maybe I do have an opinion. Well, no, it is bourbon. Yeah, not well, yeah. Just, when I say whiskey, I mean but it's from bourbon. Colorado. It can't be bourbon, right? Uh, I guess not. Yeah, I guess technically it can't be. I guess it would be campfire whiskey, is what they call it. Okay. Yeah, bourbon is what I mean by ten. I, when I say whiskey, I mean bourbon. Okay. Like I don't drink. I don't drink scotch or like actual whiskey. I like bourbon. Me too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Peg Leg is a good bourbon. Eagle Rare, of course, great. And uh, if you try Campfire, try uh, High West Campfire. Okay. Let's check that out. All right. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, leave a five-star. You can ask Fantasy Strategy. And if you, uh, if you give a good question, we will use it later in the podcast with Heath. Hey, look, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're subscribing and you don't like one episode, don't leave a three-star review and say you love the podcast but didn't like one episode. What the hell, man? You're hurting us. If you listen every week, why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. Giants, Giants Patriots preview coming up later today with Tyler Sullivan. In the meantime, thanks, Heath, as always, buddy.